1: On today's edition of Locked On Cougars, our look ahead to the college football season continues as we take a look at the Utah State Aggies, the final matchup for at least a foreseeable future between the Aggies and the Cougars. AJ Salvison joins me to talk about what to expect from the Aggies, all that and more on today's edition of Locked On Cougars.
0: You are
3: Locked On Cougars, your daily podcast on the BYU Cougars. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day we
1: What is up, everybody? I'm Jake Hatch, your host here on Locked On Cougars, your resident BYU insider. I work for the Zone Sports Network in Salt Lake City, Utah, as the executive producer of DJ and PK in the morning. But more importantly, thank you for making us here on Locked On Cougars, your first listen of the day. We are very proud to be part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where of course the motto is "Your Team Every Day." And as such, <clears throat> excuse me, this is your only daily podcast focused on the BYU Cougars. Goal here, simply put, is to make you the smartest BYU fan in the room. And today, we get a look at the Utah State. State aggies courtesy of a good friend of mine a former co-worker i guess technically still a co-worker just all being in a different form aj salvison part of the
0: aggie sports network aj what is up my friend Jake, how are you, my man? This season can't come soon enough. Can't wait to get it on one more time here with the Cougars and Aggies. Yeah, let's start there. Obviously,
1: I think a lot of Aggies fans got a little miffed by BYU backing out of that four-year arrangement as they get ready to go into the Big 12. You live up there in the Cache Valley. You've been a radio host up there, and you have the pulse of the people around Logan and Utah State. What was the overall reaction to BYU canceling the series after this final matchup this Ball, at least for the foreseeable future.
0: Yeah, they were. You you put it right. They were a little miffed, but you got to understand. BYU is heading to Big Twelve country. Power 5 country. Games and non-conference matter, and they're going to have to be able to make some adjustments with their schedule to put together a sexy non-conference schedule to get the attraction of the college football playoff committee. That's how the big boys live. Utah, Utah figured that out, and other schools have too. This isn't the first time that a, a, a school going to a P-5 has dropped you know, an in-state school, and it won't be the last time either. I, I mean, am I disappointed? Absolutely. I think this rivalry has been a lot of fun. The old wagon wheel being shifted back and forth. Um, so it's a bummer. But in, to be very honest, I completely understand and I get it from a BYU standpoint.
1: Yeah, and that, that's the thing about this is BYU is just trying to make sure they have the mobility, I guess, is the easiest way to say it at, with regards to the Big 12 schedule. But uh, when it comes to Utah State... Blake Anderson had an absolutely incredible debut season. I don't think anybody in their heart of hearts expected them to win double-digit games, win the Mountain West Conference. But what was uh, your uh, overall takeaway from the season that was for Utah State?
0: (laughs) Magical, incredible, historical. I mean, use any adjective that explains a first year head coach, winning a conference championship, and then winning a bowl game against a P5 team, which hadn't been done since they beat Baylor, and I think since 19. 19- 61, or the Civil War, okay. one of those two, uh, and for them to come out and, and to do that was, look, we all thought 6-6, six and 7-6 six, and six would be great, right? It's a bull game, it's a win, it gets the Aggies on the right track. None of us, and I, nobody outside of that locker room, nobody outside of that team, the coaches, players, staff, thought the Aggies were going to even sniff the Mount West Conference Championship, even get a glance at it, and not only do they do that, not only do they just absolutely blast San Diego State in Carson, California, they then head to LA once more, and then they go to the uh la live bowl and they uh put on a pretty good showing against oregon state and get a bull win i mean that's hard that's really really hard to follow up in the second year and it's often been said that the second year is the hardest year for a uh for a football coach to uh see success and after that then he makes adjustments but that second year can be tough so we'll see how he does this year
1: Blake Anderson, I think, is a phenomenal coach. He has been on with DJ and Pika, the show that I work on on a daily basis. Mm-hmm. And he actually recently said that uh, well, Pika kind of threw it at him, said, "Coach, you should have like you know tempered expectations. Going out there and winning ten plus games in your first year <laughs> kind of sets the bar pretty high for for your program." But Blake Anderson, he he said, "You know what? We had an absolutely phenomenal year, and the goal is kind of similar to what you were just saying, Aj, is now to raise the bar, try and try and clear it once again, or yeah, go better than that." But uh, realistically we'll get more into the overall personnel here in a moment. I want to dig into some of the players on this roster, but realistically, what do you think the ceiling is for at least this year's version of the Aggies?
0: Why not repeat? Okay. Look, and we've had coaches come in here and win a, a, a conference championship before, but I don't Think we've had a coach win back to back conference championships in football ever. I, I'd have to look at it, but I, don't, I think if we have, it's been a long, long time. Uh, and so there is motivation for Blake, uh, for Coach Anderson, not to do it just once but to do it back to back years and the schedule kind of in a way allows them that opportunity. Now, granted they go to Wyoming, you and I talked about it on your wonderful Saturday show. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know that, you know, you go to Wyoming, weird things happen, Colorado state, the, those games always expect the unexpected, especially with these two teams uh, from, you know, Hail Mary's being caught in the end zone and overturned to uh, special teams running out there and botching a field goal. Uh, it, it's weird. So, I mean, the schedule still allows them that opportunity because you don't play Fresno State, Nevada, and or San Diego State on the regular season or in the conference portion of the season. Um, but, man, I mean, there could be – the the ceiling really allows you to repeat because the schedule allows you to do so, but you just got to repeat with those games now on the road, those tougher ones, Colorado State, Wyoming, and, of course, Boise State on Black Friday morning at 10 a.m. on a course on the mothership of CBS.
1: And that's the fun part is you get some you get some big-time games, and that that, yeah. that that that's the fun part if you're an Aggie fan. Uh, let's talk a little bit about the BYU rivalry itself. Uh, do Utah State fans... here Okay. They haven't played Utah in quite some time, obviously, and there's been some consternation there. But is there an added, I guess, sense of motivation for the Aggies with this being the final matchup against BYU for at least the next three to four years as things stand right now, for them to go out there and beat BYU one last time before this goes on hiatus? Or do they are are, there, are there fo- is their focus firmly on repeating as Mountain West champs?
0: The conference championship always means more. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, look, if you were to ask those seniors last year, would you rather have beaten BYU or taken the conference championship? The Aggies would have immediately, without even question or even hesitation, told you a conference championship and go into the uh, inaugural uh, LA Bowl and win that. That actually was the ultimate goal in everything. Now, was it fun getting our butts, or I guess for the Aggies, getting their butts handed to by BYU for the second year in a row? Absolutely not. That's a bummer. Um, Is is there extra motivation in regards, you know, that this is the final game? Look, it's BYU and Utah State. It's an in-state rivalry. The two teams don't like each other. The fans don't like each other that much more. They're – If you you need motivation for that game, you probably shouldn't be playing in that game. Um, These are two teams that are, uh, again, like I said, a long history, a long rivalry. BYU has been at the top of that rivalry for quite some time, um, despite the domination of Haggies Aggies in back-to-back years and winning in pro-win at Utah State. But, uh, again, I mean, if – look, this is (laughs) – no, just to say that you know it's a final game, and that should really just stir up the boys, and they should go get one, you know, for uh, for a good time sake. Nah, it's, it's rivalry; it always means something.
1: Yeah, I would agree with you on that point. All right, we'll we'll talk more about the individual players on the Utah State roster. I want to talk a little bit about the individual players that Blake Anderson's got returning, as well as some new ones here in a moment. But first, a word on our friends over at BetOnline. BetOnline is your number one source for all your betting stats and sports information needs. Find all the latest sports developments, news, and odds, including this year's basketball championship matchup in the NBA with the finals ongoing, the Stanley Cup finals in the NHL, Major League Baseball, and of course, all the latest fight news from MMA to UFC to boxing. BetOnline is your continued source for all of your sports wagering information, including live betting, esports, and more. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action available to you now. It's all courtesy of your friends at Bet Online, where the game starts.
3: It's Kubota Orange Day. Shop the year's best selection of Kubota tractors, zero-turn mowers, and utility vehicles, including the number one selling compact tractor in the USA, and now through June 30. Get 0% APR for 84 months,
1: Thank you once again for making Locked On Cougars your first listen of the day. An important favor to ask all of you, though. We have put together a survey so we can learn more about listeners like you and make your favorite Locked On podcast just like this one even better. This is your opportunity to tell us what you like and don't like about Locked On Podcast. Go to LockedOnPodcast.com slash survey right now to get started. It won't take very long, and everyone that completes that survey qualifies for a chance to win one of 10 $100 Ticketmaster gift cards to take advantage of our audience survey. or to Excuse me, to take the audience survey, go to LockedOnPodcast.com slash survey right now. Thank you in advance for your help on that front. Continuing on here with AJ Salveson, part of the Aggie Sports Network, working with Scott Gerard and Kevin White. And by the way, AJ, how much fun is it working with Scotty G as well as Kevin? They, they seem like a really fun duo to be
0: working with. And they're so good. They really are. They're, they're spectacular at their job. And, 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 uh, and Boss does a great, great job. Um, of of bringing the game to you. I mean, he's had two pretty famous phrases. I think that have ended up on Sports Center. Just think about that. Uh-huh. The guy has had now two calls on Sports Center. One in basketball with the San Mario game winner, and one in football, of course, with you know uh, what the hell just happened over there in Colorado State. I mean, he's he's the best in the business. He's your Utah Sportscaster of the Year from 2020. I mean, he's he's earned every bit of success. He's earned every bit of. Uh, um, credibility and bit of compliment that he gets in regards of his work. Uh, it's well-deserved. And Kevin White is about as knowledgeable as it gets color analysts. He really does have a lot of passion for Aggie football. And uh, I'm just the guy who's lucky enough to sit in the wagon and get on the ride. <laughs> yeah, you, you do have a nice perch to, to watch all these games <laughs> from. That, there's no doubt about that. Hey, uh, but by the way, that yeah. doesn't leave out DJ though, man. DJ calls a heck of a football game. I still remember Thanksgiving night yeah. in uh, I think 2020, Uh, And when I I believe it was our only win of the season, if I'm not mistaken, Um, and DJ called a game with Kevin, I thought DJ was phenomenal in that night. I thought he was, he was so much fun to listen to. And I, I have so much respect for David James. That guy is about as versatile as it gets he truly is he
1: does he's phenomenal everything he seems to touch it turns into gold there's no doubt about that but uh let's talk a little bit about the personnel here by the way the what the hell just happened will never
0: not get old like anybody oh no i <laughs> I still have the call to that whole entire game. And I, and I think maybe five times if I went back and listened to the entire fourth quarter. Uh-huh. That fourth quarter, I still forget how crazy it was. And then just the ending of that game, sitting on the field and watching everything kind of unfold, was I've never seen anything like that and honestly probably never will. Yeah, no doubt about that. All right,
1: let's talk a little personnel for Utah State for a moment here. I, it kind of begins with and ends with Logan Bonner in many ways. Uh, had a phenomenal debut season. Uh, Started the year kind of split in time with Andrew Peasley, but as the season went on, you clearly saw that he was the number one option at quarterback. Uh, Passed for 3,600 yards, seemingly just got beat up every single game, but just continued to get up and make play after play. Uh, What is the expectation for him going into his second and most likely final season in a Utah State uniform?
0: Yeah, it's been really interesting watching, uh, you know, Logan Bonner is is a guy who came in and not only did he actually play really well and earn the starting job solo, but he also broke records of Jordan Love. I mean, think about that. Jordan Love, his records, some of his seasonal records are gone because of Logan Bonner in his first year a transfer from Arkansas State while at the same time having his body implanted on every single field, both home and away. Um, at, it was just amazing. The kid continually was got up. Time after time. Gritty, gutty, tough as they come. Uh, I was really proud of them then it, it was extremely unfortunate. For this whole game. But, you know, in the hindsight of it all, we got a good look at Cooper Lagarde. And that's the thing is look, if Logan Bonner does, and heaven forbid that he doesn't get injured, right? But um, if he does, Cooper Legaw can come in and he can throw a good ball. He can take control of an offense. He can make good decisions. I think there's a lot of growth that you've seen from him in spring ball. I think he looks good uh, so far. We'll see what he looks like fall camp, but I can only expect more improvement. Um, they're good at the quarterback position, but as you mean as you mentioned, it's, it's Logan Bonner at the helm for sure. And then, you know, uh, if you can stay healthy, it gives you a good chance at uh, hopefully having a repeat shot at the Mountain West Conference championship. Yeah,
1: it always helps to have a nice running back to pair alongside him. Calvin Tyler comes back, obviously another transfer in his own right, coming over from Oregon State. I thought he had a pretty solid season, 880-some-odd yards uh, last year for Utah State. Is he going to be the bell cow? Is he going to be the number one back this year, is there going to be somebody else that emerges?
0: Uh, Yeah, you know, Calvin Tyler Jr. has been really, really good for for utah state he's he took kind of a beating in about middle of the season and he and he was uh, not feeling great actually about i think uh like i say that probably halfway through the season he started feeling it just on the legs taking a beating he'd have a couple of huge bruises on his legs man huge um that were just just sitting on there on his thighs and uh he he took uh he took some good shots, uh, I think, the latter half of the season when he finally got back healthy, found himself in the groove. He turned it on and turned it on really well. Jake, it was really interesting watching him in the final two weeks, and I guess the final two weeks of the season being the conference championship and in the bowl game against his former team, Oregon State. And he, he played phenomenal. I was, Ran with confidence, head down, downhill. Uh, dude, strong, strong. This year, Jonathan Gentry's to back up. I would imagine he looks really good so far. Um, main thing with him is he's got to take care of the ball. He's gonna have to hold onto the ball. He's gonna have to take hits um, and uh, not worry, and not try to fight for extra yards when there's no there's no need to be. Um, but they they've got something good over there, and I, I'm excited to see what the the running back crew looks like. And they've got a couple guys all also in the in a little bit younger. But uh, it's really good in the spring, and so they, they've got a good running back crew that could take some pressure off of Logan Bonner.
1: The wide receiving core essentially is starting over. Like You lost essentially everybody that was the leading receivers on this team. They did bring some transfers in, if I'm not mistaken here. What is the wide receiving core going to look like?
0: Athletic. Athletic, dude. I, here's the crazy part. Uh, I think I said this on, the, on, your, on your Saturday show, but Bowling, Tompkins, and Wright were the only three receivers in the country to have 10 plus touchdowns. And then you got to replace that? Mm-hmm. Well, they bring in Xavier Williams from Alabama and they bring in Brian Cobbs from Maryland. And I'll, can I just be straight up? This Brian Cobbs kid, don't be shocked if he's in the All American conversation by the end of the year. That's being dead serious and honest. That kid is really, really good, and he showed out in spring ball. They got two really great slot receivers in Terrell Vaughn and Kyle Van Leeuwen. Kyle Van Leeuwen is a really, really good slot receiver who not a lot of people have heard about, uh, except in Utah County, of course, former Tim Few kid, but he's really, really good. He's been so impressive, and he's just been buried underneath a talented depth chart. Now he gets his chance to shine. Um, Didn't play in the – spring ball game uh was out because of an injury but they said it wasn't anything serious he will be good for fall ball um but expect to see a lot of Kyle Van Leeuwen getting some catches um and taking the pressure off of uh Cobbs and Xavier Williams as they try to beat you downfield this is a very talented crew and under the direction of Kyle Cephalo who's one of the best receiver coaches in the country man you could see serious numbers being put up once again with this with these guys
1: How's the offensive line look overall? Because you you talked about the fact that uh, we saw Logan Bonner just get pummeled game after game. Is the offensive line going to make strides?
0: Yeah. I, again, the problem is, is I mean, they they've built bigger bodies, so they got bigger men in the trenches, which which is what you want against teams like BYU, Boise State, Colorado State, Wyoming, especially. Right. The problem is the depth, and the depth really hasn't been addressed. Yeah, I know they tried to, but they've been, they continue to occur with injuries and such. Um, they're hoping to have some healthy guys ready to go to build that depth up by fall. We'll see what it looks like. But when you talk to Coach Anderson at the end of the spring. There was still some concern about the offensive line in regards to that, uh, that depth issue, but they do got bigger bodies, which is a good thing, and they're going to need those bigger bodies against some of those more talented teams, like I said, against BYU, who beat them in the trenches soundly. Boise State, same thing. Colorado State, same thing. And Wyoming, of course, who blew them up by 30 on senior night at Utah State. Um, yeah, they, they just they needed some bigger bodies, and uh, I think they got that addressed, which is, which is a good thing.
1: We'll get to some of the defensive notes as well as some final thoughts with AJ here in just a minute. Just real quick, a word on our friends over at rockauto.com. This episode of Locked On Cougars brought to you by Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts that you would need. So I want you guys to check out Rock Auto. I have used this myself. It helps you save time and money when using rockauto.com. Why would you willingly choose to spend 30, 50, even 100% more for the same parts from that chain store or car dealership you might have been getting parts from in the past? For an example, Honda Auto fuel pump, $353 from that chain store, just $216 from Rock Auto. They are a family business, been serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years online. Their prices are reliably low for every customer, and they have everything you could ever need. Brake parts, tail lamps, mortar oil, even new carpet. want you guys to check it out. Uh, go check out all the different features available to you guys kind of an old school website but really easy to navigate it's incredible the resources they've got every vehicle seemingly is listed there on rockauto.com they're happy to help you guys out so go to rockauto.com right now see all the parts available for your car or truck make sure you write locked on in the how did you hear about us box so they know that we sent you give us some credit here on locked on cougars which sending you over to rockauto.com amazing selection reliably low prices all the parts your car will ever need that's rockauto.com Alright, final few moments here with Ajay Salvison on today's edition of Locked On Cougars, looking at the Utah State Aggies and AJ, there's kind of a funny symmetry uh, with this final matchup with BYU. Uh, we'll get to this here in a moment, but I, I want to talk to you about the defense for a minute here. Uh, the biggest thing for Utah State was, I felt like they had moments last year where they were absolutely brilliant on defense but as you mentioned and referred to just a little bit ago, some of the bigger opponents that they faced off against pummeled them pretty good. So, what is is the uh I guess most important facet of this defense that needs to improve going into twenty
0: twenty two for the Aggies? Oh man, where do they most need to improve? That's a great question, Jake. You know, when I when I look at those bigger opponents, BYU, Boise State, mm-hmm. Colorado State, especially Wyoming, do you know where they beat them soundly? Was well, in the trenches. I'm I mean, those guys quit throwing the ball and they just said, try and stop us running the ball. Just try. And there was there was no answer from them in because of of, uh, of being able to stop the running game. I mean, there was, these guys were running for 10, 12 yards a pop, it seemed like. And it was exhausting. Um, and so the trenches really need to be improved. I, they, I feel like they really did a great job addressing that problem, Jake. I I thought when you look at those guys this year, they're a much, much bigger crew inside the trenches, which is exactly what you want to see. The other thing I want to see is uh you know, the state the defensive back play wasn't horrible, but at times it wasn't great. There's times where they're getting beat on simple, just deep ball plays where they weren't running anything fancy. There was no you know over under route. It was just a straight jet route and, you know, throw it over the top. Um I'd like to see the defensive back play be improved. I think it's gonna get there as Johnny Carter. Um, and then you've got uh, you a couple of good hits of backs as well that I think are going to make some noise over there for uh, Utah State. Um, you shore those up, and I, I think they're going to be okay here in the Mountain West portion of, uh, of, of football. BYU is still going to be a problem. They always are. They're so well coached. They have such great size. They're so incredibly athletic, are the Cougars. Um, but I think in the Mountain West portion uh, of the season, I think the Aggies might be okay in those two regards. AJ
1: Vong Pechong is a fun dude. That I, his name's just fun to say. Period. But I think he's a phenomenal linebacker. Is he, in your opinion, <laughs> going to be uh, Utah State's leading uh, tackler this year? Or is there going to be somebody else that emerges?
0: No, it's going to be AJ. I would have said Anthony Switzer, but we're not sure on his injury right mm-hmm. now. Yeah, uh, I, I saw anything yet, a least, and so we're still waiting to hear from him. And that's a big, big loss, man. That that sucks. Like that kid is so talented and so smart. And on like the second play of scrimmage. He he injures his knee. I mean, come on. Um, still not showing the serious, seriousness of it. I'm sure we'll know more as we get closer to fall camp. Going to have to be AJ. That, that puts a lot of pressure on AJ um, And he's but he's great. I think AJ's been in that you know been on the field a while for the Aggies. He's a veteran. Leader of that defense, in my opinion, uh, he—they're—they're going to rely on him a lot to be the communicator, to be the uh, the captain of that crew, and and I think he can live up to that billing. And uh, just again, you're losing the production of guys like Justin Rice and Nick Henniger. dude. That is hard, hard. To, uh, there's going to be a lot of asking of AJ, but uh, like I said, I think he can live up to 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 bring his best so at least keep the Aggie defense part. Uh, all right,
1: Ajay, so this is going to be the 100th year anniversary of Utah State and BYU facing off for the first time. They played for the first time in 1922. Uh, they're going to play in 2022, so there's been 100 years between the first and what will be the now 90th meeting all time between these two. So 100-year anniversary, the 90th all-time meeting between these two. Uh, that's the fun symmetry I was referring to. Is I know that this is going on hiatus after this year, but what is your honest-to-goodness expectation from this game from the Utah State perspective? Do you think they can spring the upset, or do you think BYU maintains
0: their supremacy over the Aggies? Uh, Jake, I'm either going to be called a homer or a hater. (laughs) Um, (laughs) So the the problem is is two years ago when Utah State, was it two years ago? Jordan Love's final year Mm -hmm. uh, when they played BYU. um, I believe it was his final year. Uh, Gary Anderson's first year with Utah State, I thought Utah State was going to roll BYU. I thought that was going to be a beating in favor of Utah State. And it was very much the opposite. Like, I mean, BYU was great in the coaching standpoint of it. They were great on the defensive side of things. They were better on the offensive side of things. They beat Utah State soundly, emphatic, every single area. And I learned very quickly: don't ever, ever underestimate a Cougar football team. It doesn't matter who they have. When you got Kalani Sataki on that other side of the sideline, and he's got that, don't ever, ever, ever count out the BYU Cougars. Um, in saying that, I have no idea. I, I mean, maybe Utah State comes out with a little bit of vinegar, and they, they you know, and they uh, come on fire, and they, and and. You know they have the game of their lives, and they beat BYU in Provo. Um, But again, it's hard to win in Provo. It really—that's a great atmosphere. It's a great crowd. It's an incredible stadium. Um, Always, always uh, um, sells well for the fans, and and the fans tune out for that for uh, their Cougar team. And um, that's—it's hard to play in in a great atmosphere like that on the road in a hostile environment. Um, I'll just leave it at that. Can I, I don't, I don't dare (laughs) say, um, uh, it's going to be tough. I think you played it down the middle. Well
1: enough. I I think you did a good job with that. Navigating that. Thin, 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 read the the lines. All right. Yeah, absolutely. Well, AJ, thank you so much for taking some time. I hope you're well. And of course we'll catch up as the season gets going. It's not long now, but we'll catch up ahead of this matchup between the Aggies and the Cougars. All right.
0: Can't wait, Jake. Thanks for your time, my man.
1: There you go. That's Ajay Salveson. Uh, We will have more for you guys on our Monday edition of the show. We will obviously get you ready for BYU Football Media Day coming up at midweek next week. Still got a lot to cover on that front, but thank you for making us your first listen today. Want to encourage you guys to now go make Locked On Big 12 your second listen today. Always good stuff from the crew at Locked On Big 12, Josh Neighbors. I am part of their roundtable weekly check that out free and available wherever you get your podcast if you're listening to this podcast and you've not subscribed on youtube already go down to the right corner over kind of where aj's uh picture is over there hit that follow for more uh podcast option subscribe to the show rate review if you're listening to this regular podcast format always appreciate you guys tuning in and until next time have a great rest of your day this has been the locked on cougars podcast see ya
3: hey prime members